0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next great car era, a podcast by EV tuners about charting a path in the new frontier for tuning culture and performance enthusiasts. Today, I am joined by Terry Branny. Terry founded Ohm on the Range Limited at the start of 2022 for the purpose of e mobility exploration and education, both two wheels and four, but with an emphasis on the conversion of classical vehicles. In addition to his background in bicycling advocacy, Terry is a lifelong gearhead, having worked as a professional test driver and certified driving instructor. When not happily busy tinkering in the garage, he can be found on his mountain bike in the foothills of Colorado. Enjoy. Awesome. Well, Terry, it's great to see you. Um, so much to talk about, but um, Curious, how was SEMA?
1: SEMA was amazing. SEMA yeah. was SEMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, as they say, being a kid in a candy shop.
0: How many times have you gone before?
1: Um, this was probably my fifth time, I think. Yeah, I think this was number five for me.
0: I'm still seeing like people posting stuff. There was so much going on, even though it was a couple weeks ago now. It's yeah. still like that the SEMA hashtag is just people are posting all sorts of content, different cars, builds that they saw or uh, events outside, drift competitions, all sorts of stuff. Just about yeah. any type of car you're into. Seems like you yeah. had, had someone there.
1: Yeah. And that's really the beauty of the show is it really doesn't matter what you're into. If it's on four wheels. There will be it will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty so.
0: good uh, EV representation.
1: Yeah, not too shabby. So this year was kind of the um, first year. I mean, they might have they might have kind of done it last year, but this was really the first year of SEMA Electrified where they made a concentrated effort, I think, to kind of showcase some of the EV stuff happening. Oh, cool. Yeah, so there was a whole section of the show called SEMA Electrified. And um, yeah, so that was really cool. And to see some old friends and colleagues, folks that came out to the conference, you know, state of charge show and all that. And a couple of builds, you know, that hadn't been done before and they got done just in time for SEMA. So that was really cool to see kind of all that stuff come together as well.
0: It seems like there's always a rush up to SEMA. That's, that's the deadline everyone cares about.
1: Yeah. It's uh a little stereotypical, but it's surprising how many times you hear people say, like, we literally pushed it on the trailer last night and drove it. <laughs> we don't even know if it works yet or whatever. I mean, you hear that over and over and over.
0: <laughs> Nothing like a deadline.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It was great to hear SEMA is is catching on to the to the EV interest and excitement and, and things like that. For yourself, um, when did you find yourself getting interested in EVs?
1: Um, I think probably it started, uh, I was test driving for Audi, and uh, I got to get behind the wheel of the RS e-tron GT, which is kind of their halo, you know, flagship electric vehicle, and uh, you know, it just opened, uh, opened up a world for me, just, you know, seeing that kind of, you know, the, the torque, I'd never driven a Tesla or anything like that, so uh, for me, that experience was uh, new, and uh, You know, I'm kind of an old school hot rod kind of guy, love old cars, gearhead. Um, But I can appreciate the performance and the power. So, you know, it seems like these days there's a lot of, uh, it can be black and white. People either hate them or they love them. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that a lot of people that love them are also people that grew up building V8s or imports or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's, it's really for the, The performance. And I think also to an extent, you know, trying, doing something new, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. kind of the history of hot rodding, really, you know, sure. uh, Tinkering with cars, trying to make them better, faster, more powerful. And this is just kind of the next iteration of that, in my opinion. So, so yeah, after driving the, uh, the uh, e Tron GT and just seeing what kind of performance that had and, you know, that torque on demand, you know, it just really opened my eyes. So, yeah.
0: At this point, have you driven more Teslas and have a bunch of points of comparison? Because I'm curious. I've heard that the uh, that the e-tron, what it lacks in range, it makes up more so with refinement compared yeah. to some of the newer offerings. Curious if you if you'd agree.
1: Uh, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've driven I've driven a handful the Polestar and the Lucid. And Kia ev6 and then um kind of think what else um so yeah I don't know that's an interesting question you know they're, they're all kind of fit differently in a way and obviously I may not have driven some of the others the same way that I might have <laughs> driven the the, uh, the Audi a little bit so um it's it's just it's great to see I think you know the manufacturers and what they're bringing to market. And uh, in terms of performance, you know, I mean, it's, you know, love him or hate them. You know, Elon Musk, I think, gets a lot of credit for pushing this kind of, pushing this through. And, you know, the fact that people are going out and buying these Tesla plaids, you know, which will embarrass most other <laughs> vehicles on the road at a stoplight. So uh, it's, it's fun just to see. And like I said, it's, I also kind of get a kick out of seeing people get all frustrated or <laughs> you know the <laughs> haters if you will yeah play. internet trolls
0: yeah it's good to see them get all get all uh huffy for yeah. sure for sure um being a test driver you know you you said you're not driving all these other cars like Alby. what could you help me understand because i'm just curious what's being a test driver for a car like that like
1: uh well it, it really just depends um You know, a lot of it, obviously, the new vehicles are, you know, there's so much software, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Really, I mean, our jobs were just to find issues. So, you know, all these cars are wired to the hilt, you know, with all kinds of data recording going on and monitoring systems and all that. And so we just kind of put them through the paces and then kind of, you know, track what might need attention here and there. And sometimes there'll be specific tests from engineers or sometimes it's just, you know, going out and putting 300 miles on a car, you know, up at, you know, 11,000 feet up here in Colorado Mm. or Squaw Pass or, so yeah, it's just, it really kind of depends. But the bottom line is, you know, it's the, it's that quality assurance step really, right? You know, they're trying to find all the bugs and issues before they're released to market. So
0: Sure, yeah. is, is the process different when you're benchmarking and testing for a EV compared to like a ICE car?
1: Um, I'm sure for the on the engineering side, absolutely. But as a driver, not really yeah. so much. Not so much. A lot of it is really just you're putting yourself in the seat as a consumer. You know, mm-hmm. if you just went out and dropped, you know, hundred and forty thousand dollars on a RS six or something like that, you know, you 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 don't want it to not be able to you know turn on the seat heater or whatever the case may be. So you know those are the kinds of the you know you're you're just trying to figure out all those kinds of little quirks and bugs and and whatnot. So that's cool, yeah,
0: so fast forward a little bit um, from test driving the etron into now you're starting something really cool, Home on the range, and even had the uh, the the first of hopefully many, meetings state of charge conferences so could you tell me a little bit more about that
1: sure absolutely so yeah the um back in august of this year 2022 we had our inaugural event uh, state of charge uh, yeah it was really exciting and you know when i started to uh, put this together this all came together fairly quickly so i just i started home on the range in january of this year and so um you know i have a in addition to the test driving, I was in the nonprofit world for a dozen plus years and doing things like events and conferences and all that as well. So uh, I was trying to figure out a good way to kind of dip my foot in the pool, so to speak. And I thought, you know what, it'd be great to um, try to get a lot of these people together. There's a lot of smart people doing some really interesting things in, the, in this career and, uh, you know, personally, I was looking at, you know, wanting to, to do a conversion of my own and and when you go online and you try to figure out, okay, do I use a Hyper 9? Do I use a Tesla motor? Do I use something from Cascadia? Am I using, you know, lithium ion batteries, you know, prismatic batteries, you know, there's so many options. And, and so I thought, why not get all of these people that are either doing it or have done it and let's bring them together and try to share a little bit of that knowledge and maybe even create a little bit of a community here. So, um, yeah. So I was very, very pleased with the turnout. We had folks from 13 States uh, come out to Colorado, you know, even though. Yeah. From the East coast. I know New York and Connecticut and Georgia and North Carolina and, you know, and of course, California and Texas and Utah. And so, I mean, um, it was really, it was really very well received and um, you know, immediately people are asking okay so when's the next one <laughs> yeah so so yeah I think that uh, bodes well for the interest and um yeah and it kind of aligns partially with you know my mission for home on the range is really um a big segment of it will be in kind of education and so the goal is to kind of help um and, invite folks and just kind of introduce them you know to uh this process and again more focus on the conversion side of classic vehicles sure you know so um getting folks interested and just knowing that even a that it's possible to do uh and then b you know what's involved in doing it for those folks that want to try to do it themselves and and whatnot and and so you know the goal is to be able to kind of offer this hands-on training Uh, and really kind of gear it to a wide audience. So whether you're a a middle school STEM student, right? Or, you know, somebody in a community college, you know, studying automotive tech, or maybe you are an automotive tech that's been working for 20 years and with ICE vehicles, and you see the writing on the wall and you kind of want to know, hey, what's this all about? So um, I'm hoping to be able to offer, you know, multiple uh, training and curricula, you know, based, those various levels and demographics um yeah just to get people interested and engaged a little bit
0: that sounds cool yeah do do you envision this as being and and maybe it's all of the above is this online curricula or um in-person classes like intensive workshops come out for a week and and dive in or or what are you thinking
1: so um ideally more the latter but um certainly i would imagine it will end up being both Uh, But yeah, the, the real interest is having that hands-on opportunity. So Mm -hmm. I recently myself went out and uh, did the legacy EV intensive training in person, you know, and so, and so that's a, you know, I'm talking with those folks about being able to offer that program, you know, here in Colorado, Uh, you know, talking to other folks doing various kinds of, you know, curricula. And again, you know, whether it's, um, for kids and using, you know, mini bikes, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the college level, there's a karting scene, you know, electric carts. And, you know, so I mean, there, again, there's a kind of this wide range of opportunity, I think, but yeah, the goal is to um, find the space and be able to offer hands-on training here. So.
0: And being a nonprofit, does that offer some, some unique opportunities or potentials that you have in in mind for for making this happen for folks maybe like partnering with schools and some of the kids you were talking about
1: yeah and so yeah and so just to be clear currently i'm not a nonprofit, profit but i am exploring that, that
0: oh okay gotcha road.
1: yeah so that exactly right um i am uh trying to determine whether if that's the route to, to go down um but yeah the the goal would be to to uh, partner with schools and and whatnot and um yeah, so whether that ends up being through a nonprofit or not, I haven't determined just yet.
0: But the end goal is the same. engaging yeah. a broad audience of different types of people,
1: yeah, absolutely. yeah, that's right.
0: Have you found more interest um on kind of like the the uh, I want to say consumer side, but it's really like like hobbyists or people who are looking for training, like I want to go work for an OEM, but you know there's not as much information out there to get these eB skills. So where can I get it?
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, that'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. I mean, I think, um, you know, with my interest and now my kind of foray into the conversion scene, you know, I'm much more now connected with that kind of crowd that is folks that are wanting to do it themselves. Yeah. So I think that'll be a big opportunity. Um, But again, you know, depending on those partnerships and what curricula does get offered you know it could very well be you know something where an, an ASC tech you know could come and and take these courses or whatnot and whether there's a certification behind it or whatnot or even you know really i think at least at this point my goal is again just kind of that introductory overview i mean not you know more advanced than just a simple overview obviously but sure you know i'm not looking to replace somebody going to to a tech school for, you know, two years or anything like that. Uh, If anything, I'm hoping that somebody that's thinking about that might come, you know, take, take these courses or whatnot and then go, Oh yeah, this is really cool. This is for me. And then go and sign up for, you know, a tech school. Yeah. Get more uh, intensive on, you know, long-term training in a a degree or whatnot.
0: Almost like a tactical way to help, help cultural awareness build within the car community, sounds yeah. like.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the more the more and more of these, again, these conversions, especially of classic vehicles, start showing up at car shows and SEMA. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, I think that's something that's going to open up more and more people's eyes. You know, a lot of folks have, or I shouldn't say a lot, but, you know, some people have, you know, old cars that may not even run. Saying, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, kind of this would just provide another opportunity, even if they weren't necessarily interested in you know dropping in some you know high horsepower, you know, revolt system. Uh, but they just you know converted to electric, you know, with a 50 mile range just to take to the local car show, cars and coffee, or whatever on a weekend. You know, I think we're going to see a lot more of that.
0: That sounds good to me, I'd love to yeah. see more of that,
1: yeah. So, yeah, and so it's, it's been fun to watch, you know, uh, through the conference, uh, you know, through some of the training that I've taken, partaken in and then, you know, being out at SEMA and whatnot. And, you know, uh, at this point, I have a, a pretty decent network and it's fun to see people from across the country and what they're, what they're building, what they're working on, what they want to build. And uh, like I said, it's, I think, you know, I can't wait to see, what SEMA Electrify looks like in
0: 2023. Yeah. yeah. Seems like it's um like it, everything is changing really rapidly. I remember when I was first looking at EV conversions, there's a few websites out there that um, you can read through posts and stuff. And people would come with ideas. Oh, I want to swap this cool car. And it was pretty much like, nope, you need a super light car, old, you know, it's got to be a Volkswagen or Carmen Gia or an old Porsche. And that's it. And yeah. you know, kind of like a little bit like this is the only way forward. But now we're seeing people that are, you know, like there's uh, Mr. Mopar Man, his big Plymouth Satellite, which totally tears. There's people starting to do '90s tuners cars. Um, you know, I, I think there you might have seen uh, Red Goes Green, the NSX that's EV swapped, and a bunch yeah. of other stuff too that are kind of like breaking that convention of like it doesn't have to be super light seventies Porsche anymore.
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. You know, and that's a crazy thing is that, you know, a lot of folks talk about, you know, we're kind of on the bleeding edge and, you know, the early adopters, uh, but obviously, I mean, people have been converting cars to electric since the seventies, you know, there have been people in the eighties and nineties were doing conversions of cars and i think that's where a lot of what you're talking about comes from cuz back then you know the technology did kind of dictate like you know had to be super light super aerodynamic mm-hmm. they, were, they were using lead acid batteries and you know you know little dc motors and so you know the technology has really changed you know uh, exponentially since then and so that's uh, become less important i mean you know obviously you know physics tells us you know, the lighter something is, the faster it's going to be with that, with the same amount of power, and/or and, and, and or the, the further it would go on the same amount of power. So, you know, there's still those considerations to make, but um, I think there are less constraints now than just uh, maybe best practices. So, you know, we've got. General Motors doing the Hummer you know there's mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like that there's that doesn't get probably much you know heavier and or non-aerodynamic <laughs> than that's a, right. A massive Hummer, so
0: <laughs> True to the name. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but uh, no it, it's it is cool you know um, that, uh, even just at, at the State of Charge conference you know we had the 59 Galaxy, or excuse me, the 64 Galaxy, the mm, yeah. 258 Apaches, you know, Chevy Trucks, uh, the 65 Mustang, the 72 Satellite that you talked about, the 62 Corvair, 71 Volkswagen Type 2, Type 3, whatever the the wagon-looking thing is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's you know, you can really do whatever you want. You know, we have a Porsche 912, um and then legacy brought their uh what was that 65 f100 so i mean you know again you're not as uh constrained as we once were yeah
0: that's nice they biggest it makes it even more
1: pocket book
0: <laughs> but you mentioned you know maybe someone's goal is a 50 mile an hour range for cars and coffee something like that do you see there being kind of does it always have to be a high dollar build or there's some routes for you know maybe going something more uh more quick quick and modest just get out there start driving it and then plan for the upgrade later
1: yeah no that's exactly that's exactly right you know i think there is that uh spectrum if you will you know you've got the high end high performance high dollar builds and then you have the you know cheapest do-it-yourself um builds that you know and and, you know they may not be as fast or have as much range but you can still do some really nice things i mean uh ev swap denver uh two gentlemen uh jimmy underhill and josh ball you know they did a uh, land cruiser uh they Uh, That was a Nissan Leaf swap, you know, so they bought a wrecked Nissan Leaf and swapped all everything over to the Slam Cruiser. And they even made it solar, actually, too. Really? But I believe and I may be mistaken, but I believe during uh, his presentation at the conference that he said they were in that for about $8,000, maybe, or maybe they paid $8,000, you know, so I'm sure that doesn't include labor, but I think they paid $8,000 for the for the leaf, and then we're able to use the motor, the batteries, the, you know, to be able to use all the stuff. So, um and they end up with you know this awesome Land Cruiser that they take rock crawling in Moab.
0: That's so, so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. starting to get into the territory of people who buy, you know, big. I gotta save up and get a crate engine, something like that. You know, really redo it and uh, similar yeah. cost.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Depending on what kind of crate engine you want, you can easily drop you know fifteen thousand dollars on just a a crate engine, you know, from the ice world. Um, so you know the the big component these days, I think, is batteries. You know that the battery the batteries are kind of the you know five hundred pound gorilla in the room, as they say here. But um,
0: and they are over 500 pounds. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very, very expensive and very, very heavy. So I think that's really going to, um, I think that'll be the interesting thing to watch going forward. Is I think once uh, that side of the technology um, matures and changes, you know, then I think it's really going to open the floodgates. You know, there's a lot of work being done, obviously, competing technologies. Um, you know solid state for example you know so there's I think at some point somebody's going to figure it out yeah somebody's going to make a lot of money obviously because when they figure that out and when we get batteries that have you know that high capacity and high discharge rate and are able to be charged as fast or faster than filling a tank of gas um, I think that's that's what's going to be the game changer for sure
0: yeah excited for that personally that'll be yeah. fun
1: yeah so but in the meantime
0: how do you what's your best what's your advice for people who may or just be kind of starting to hear about this they want to get involved they want to see some of these things you know how, how do you generally guide folks towards um participating in this growing community
1: yeah uh well you know we're lucky too that you know we have now a new magazine right uh ev builders guide so it's a magazine that just launched um last, uh, this year, I guess. So they're doing two issues a year. Mm -hmm. They just released the second issue at SEMA and they had an earlier issue in the spring of this year. And, um, you know, so that's a really nice way to kind of see what's going on. Um, and then hopefully folks will consider, you know, coming to data charge 23, (laughs) uh, you know, coming to the, to the conference, um, and again, kind of meeting some of these people in person. I mean, that was the great thing about the about the event was we had you know all these people from all walks of life and different parts of the country and different kinds of builds and uh it was just everybody was super friendly and willing to share and you know what you know we had folks come you know I, I had asked during the registration process if, if you had ever built an ev before you know or were you working on one or had you completed one and it was about I'm going to say it was about 24 five percent maybe hadn't done one at all and then of the 75 percent left about half of them had done one already and the other half of those folks were currently building one cool yeah so it was really kind of cool but then the point being is that everybody was willing to talk to everybody else you know um people that had built cars were learning stuff from other folks too and you know to see all people taking pictures of each other's cars and oh how'd you do this and oh that's really cool and you know, why did you go down this road or why did you choose this? And, you know, so that's kind of the community aspect of it that, you know, is really exciting for me. And, you know, I'm hopeful to hope to be able to uh, continue with uh, uh, providing these opportunities, whether they be state of charge. I'm also uh, talking to some folks about it, another kind of event, maybe, which is a little too soon to talk about, but you know, might be able to get out and drive your cars a little bit. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the idea being, uh, let's get all these people together, right?
0: That's that's awesome. We'll be looking forward to hearing the details on, on that. But in the meantime, State of charge 2023. I'll add the information in the show notes and, and whatnot, but can you give us just the high level, when, where, how to sign up?
1: Yes. So um, if you actually go to soc23.com right now, um, I have just kind of a, a quick sign up so that uh, folks can stay in the loop, basically. Cool. And you can indicate there whether you're interested in speaking or sponsoring, or if you have a car that you're building or have built that you'd like to show, or you just want to attend. So um, it's just kind of a way to um, gauge some interest. And already, uh, you know, I just, put that up during SEMA and already I've had, you know, probably a dozen folks um, register online. And, you know, again, I don't think any of them are even in Colorado. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of cool to see that, but um yeah, uh, it will be, uh, I believe the first weekend in August and then um, very likely in golden Colorado, again, probably may or may not be the same venue, but the same, area uh you know i found that um you know it's located very well you know just mm-hmm. right off i70 and you know people from that are driving in also you know 40 minutes from the airport so i mean it was a, it's a pretty decent location for that um but yeah the idea would be to uh that first weekend in august and part of the thinking there is i'm trying to see if there's some uh, tie in uh here in golden we have what we, what's called the golden super cruise. And it's the first Saturday of the month from May to October. Oh, cool. And uh, it's been going on, you know, years and years and years and years. And, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cars, you know. And uh, so my thinking is I would love to be able to kind of bring this EV conversion component uh, to that event too. So that as people are cruising, uh, you know, that'll really... I think kind of opened up uh, a lot of folks' eyes and clearly we'll get a bunch of haters as well. (laughs) But the point being, you know, it'd be kind of fun to crash that party if you will.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You have some really good ideas about how to kind of dovetail in with other things going on. I love that.
1: (laughs) So yeah. So yeah, keep an eye open for that. But yeah, if you go to uh, soc23.com I'll be, updating that as necessary. But in the meantime, like I said, you can feel free to sign up and that way you'll, I'll be sure to let you know once more details emerge. And again, I would love to hear from people that are interested in speaking, you know, they have something that they feel like they could share uh, or showing cars or even um, you know sponsorships from corporate partners or whatnot. So,
0: yeah. Cool. And then, you know, I know we're, we're running out of time. I have, I'm curious though, in in all the midst of this, um, do you know what your next build is going to be? Do you have something in mind? Are you able to share, or, or is it still shrouded in secrecy?
1: It's less secrecy than indecisiveness, to be <laughs> uh, Okay. So I do have. Um, so my daily driver is a '52 Ford F3, kind of a hot rod truck. Uh, cool engine, motor, 351 Windsor. I built for it. Um, but I also picked up a, a 59 galaxy uh, with a friend of mine and kind of the idea was to make that the, the conversion. So um, we'll see. That's a pretty big car. You getting back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And, and again, not that it can't be done, but it's just, it's, it would require, you know, more money, more, you know, engineering, you know, more space for batteries. So I'm, I'm uh, having that, internal debate right now, of, you know, there's a reason a lot of people are doing, as you mentioned, the Porsches and Carmagea, you know, any of the air-cooled stuff, yeah, lightweight, pretty, you know, straightforward to pull pull the engine out and drop in a Hyper-9 system and whatnot. And, you know, you've got a great little power to weight ratio thing. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going through that process in my head now, like, do I step up and try to build something uh, for this 59 Galaxy? Or maybe do I find something a little bit smaller and and uh, you know more sprightly, if you will? <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. But I the, I would I definitely would like to uh, have a car of my own to take to SEMA electrified next year. So not sounds
0: really... like you put the oh. goalpost in the ground there.
1: Yeah. Right. No. Now I have to do it.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> Well, Terry, thanks so much for carving out the time to chat. This was awesome. There's so many exciting things on the horizon.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, like I said, you know, feel free to find me on Instagram, boom on the range. Um, and, you know, I'm, like, I'm in a Holly High Voltage and the Electrify Expo. You know, I'm trying to kind of get out there and, and meet folks that are interested in this stuff for sure. And, um, you know, think uh, as they say the rising tide raises all boats and so like that's what I'm finding is that everybody's really uh, eager to help each other and you know because we are at the beginning of this kind of round two if you will of the conversion scene but there's some really exciting stuff being done and as you mentioned some really you know nice builds you know like Kevin's uh, electrolyte and you know the revolt mustang and the Inspire Mustang and, you know, at SEMA actually, um, uh, Kindig had a Corvette uh, conversion. Yeah. So, you know, Oh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before you go to SEMA and it's going to be Chip Foose conversion and the Ring Brothers conversion, right. And the, the Kindig conversion. So, I mean, um, you know, but I hope there's always going to be space for the little guy, the folks doing it out of their shop or, you know, with a friend or whatnot. So exciting times either way.
0: Absolutely. Agreed. More
1: classic cars on the road. So I'm all for it.
0: That's yeah. It. Me too. Yeah. Keeps things interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's just it. There's room for both. Right. I mean, I love driving the Audi, you know, I love when I got to drive the Lucid. mhm. Um, but you know, I would love to drive a 59 Galaxy with <laughs> the battery powered as well. So there's there's room, I think, for everybody.
0: Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'll add a lot of this, uh these links and stuff for you listening to uh in the show notes so you can find Terry, reach out to him and uh, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And maybe we'll see you in Golden as well.
0: That's on my that's on my on my wish
1: list. All right, we'll make it out. Love that. All righty. Take care. Take care.